The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host. And today we've got a great show for you. Today we've got somebody who wants to change the world, really honestly, from the top down. So we're going to talk a great deal about that and, uh, and his work. His name is Bill Hatch, and he's with us right now. He's a coach. He's an executive coach, and he operates in a world of ethical leadership. Not that that's in short supply these days, but in his world, it is something that, that I think we all need to do a little bit better job of doing. So, Bill, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am well, sir. How about yourself? I can't complain there a bit. It's a beautiful day. It's well, okay. It's cloudy in Seattle, but it's always cloudy in Seattle. So, <laughs> it, except for that day uh, in my background, but other than that, it's pretty pretty drab. So yeah, I don't I don't have any clouds today. Oh really? So where it is, it is where are you at? I am in Southern California, uh, Disneyland's backyard. Oh, very nice, very nice. It's a. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love I love California except for the fires and the other stuff that's going on. But you know that's yeah, the fires and the earthquakes and the runaway gas tax and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to take out a loan to fill your truck up with uh, gas these days. That is for sure. And speaking of which, now this is we're doing this show on uh, uh, June 29th. What's gas prices down there like right now? Uh, let's see. I was seeing about seven bucks, uh, out there. Um, Holy mackerel. Seven bucks. Yep. Seven bucks a gallon. And I know there are places out here, like out in LA that, uh, have hit eight. Oh my goodness so. gracious. Are they anticipating it getting any better anytime soon? Well, they're planning on doing a, uh, a gas tax holiday that, uh, should, uh, should take a few cents off the top, but uh, um, but no, I, I think uh, I think higher gas prices are here to stay. Well, it just goes to show you that we need to move on from fossil fuels anyway, and to do That's something a little true. better. So That's so anyway, true. we're going to talk about you and your work and uh, being an executive, um, ethical leader, coach. Uh, describe what that means in your world. Well, basically what it means is that I teach people how to be better leaders by instilling in them the uh, principles of, uh, well, my eight principles. And, uh, um, and I, I teach them how to act on, uh, on those um, and uh, basically bring their teams and communities together to create a better uh, environment a more positive environment, a more productive environment. And, uh, um, 
and uh, both for uh, um, for the team itself and for the community and stakeholders at large. It does seem like there is a got to be a better way for us to all get along, work together for the betterment of of each other, the company we work for, and the planet in general. Um, why, in your opinion, are we not doing that now? Because doing things the right way can be hard. And well, that's true. we like easy. People, <laughs> people like easy. People uh, tend to be a little lazy when they can be and uh, not look at uh, a, a lot of things that are really becoming important uh, to the world at large have always been what businesses would call an externality, which means something that's outside of the business that doesn't directly affect the business's profitability. Is that, but that's not true, is it? <laughs> well, to an extent it has been. Um, you know, uh, things like uh, like environmental damage or social justice. Um, well, a, a great example or a terrible example, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, would be uh, cigarettes. Um, lung cancer is not something that, uh, um, that uh, cigarette companies have to pay for directly, or at least they didn't. And, uh, um, and so that was considered external to the business and uh, not uh, directly affecting the bottom line. So they kept plugging away, finding ways to make the cigarettes more addictive and uh, um, and didn't really uh, give two wits about uh, about what it was doing to people. That's that's when you look at it from that perspective. You know, the other thing that makes me crazy is that cigarette smoking, my, bro my brother died of, uh, of lung cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And me too, but uh, he, he's, he was a, all, he'd smoked his whole life. My father had, uh, he essentially died of lung cancer as well. Um, he had surgery and that kind of stuff. But what kills me is if you go to any convenience store or any grocery mm -hmm. store in this country, you can buy something that says on the label that this could kill you. Right. And we still allow that to be sold in you know there's lots of things that we've decided that that we shouldn't allow to be sold like i don't know cocaine and and heroin and that kind of stuff over the over the counter and stuff but we allow that one because of the money involved yeah yeah bullets don't even have that kind of warning on the package no they don't <laughs> now that you mentioned it of course it's been a long time since i bought a bullet um but mm -hmm. at the same at the same time you're right and uh it's, it's, so we live in, a, in kind of a our corporate world and our leadership is kind of um, screwed up in that in that sense, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, um, they're beholden to the almighty dollar, and uh, that uh, that affects their decision making process. Yeah, it it truly does, and with you know stockholders and them wanting to make uh, money for the stockholder it's 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 a real convoluted mess but we want to talk about your eight principles of how you can run a company and how you can be you can be an ethical leader cuz for some people they consider that a conflict in terms mhm mm yeah um yeah they do because uh because they're not uh looking at how to put it they're not looking at 
the bigger, broader picture. They're, they're looking at how can I, they're not looking at all the stakeholders. They're looking at a very narrow uh, picture of what, uh, of what they are. Um, and uh, let's see here. Um, I should have brought this up before. Um, and uh, um, so they're looking up, they're looking at the shareholders basically. And the shareholders, of course, um, they, uh, they are there to make a buck and uh, which I don't blame them for. I mean, they've invested their money and, uh, and they should get a return on that investment, but uh, it shouldn't be at the expense of, uh, of other people. It shouldn't be at the expense of the, of the other stakeholders, the employees, the, uh, the community, the families and, uh, um, and whomever else uh, and the customers. I'm a firm believer that we've kind of got it all wrong, uh, because mm -hmm. if, if we were to operate our businesses more ethically, more in line with uh, employee satisfaction, uh, working together to make sure everybody's getting the best outcome for themselves so that they become they can become excellent at who they are and mm -hmm. what they would choose to be, that it would actually help businesses grow. Uh, lower turnover, um, lower absenteeism, raise productivity, and that it then becomes a real, in in my mind, and I've seen it because I've been in management before, and I've operated businesses in that way, and the profit profitability went up, and the and everything seems to flow in line. Why is it that that so many uh, businesses don't seem to feel like that's all that important to them? Well, because they're difficult to measure on a balance sheet, we're, we're back to uh, we're back to the dollars again. How do you measure in a dollar figure an employee's satisfaction? Um, you know, how do you I mean, it's possible to measure it in such a way that you could say that uh, that their satisfaction has created this productivity uh, for them and uh, um, and uh, and whatnot, but uh, um, yeah, uh, again, it's something that's difficult to do, and uh, people just don't have that uh, set up as part of their business. It's it's not something you can find in QuickBooks. Uh, no, <laughs> 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 that, that's that's very true. It's it's not available in QuickBooks. It's not in 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 fact, it's available in some um, uh, people's books as far as operating a different way, but that really isn't the right. mainstream way that people do it. Let's talk about your eight, your eight, uh, eight steps. What, what are those? And well, how the eight, uh, the eight pillars, uh, the eight principles, if you will, yes. um, are humility, sacrifice, controlled discipline, justice, mercy, integrity, peacekeeping, and challenging the status quo. That's that's a complete list right there. And, it is a pretty uh, complete list. But people don't. Uh, let's take them one by one and discuss them a little bit. What's the first one again? Humility. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure. That's 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 good. Number one. No 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 matter. No wonder that's number one on your list, because that <laughs> humility <laughs> for a CEO is not an easy thing to achieve. No, no, mostly because it's misunderstood. Um, many people at or near the top 
believe humility is equivalent to weakness ah. when it really isn't. Um, the way it was described to me that I liked was that humility is like becoming an empty cup and you're just waiting to be filled with new knowledge, new information, um, you know, new ways of looking at things. And, uh, um, and yeah, um, and just being willing to, to take on those, uh, those things, you know, knowing that you don't know everything, um, understanding that you can be wrong, that it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, and, uh, um, you know, one of my, uh, one of my favorite stories is actually a Richard Branson story. Um, and, uh, he had bought a, a chain of hotels and of course, Richard Branson, you know, one of the, uh, one of the wealthiest, uh, people in the world, um, you know, went to, uh, one of these hotels and, uh, spent 20 minutes chatting with one of the cleaning ladies, um, just to find out what was going on and, and finding out her opinion about the way things were being run and, and, uh, um, and how things could be better and, and giving her an opportunity to speak her mind. And then, uh, and then later on, uh, she got promoted and he still remembered who she was, um, in spite of the fact that she was dressed differently and, uh, and in a different uh, position at the time. And that really shows this type of humility that it's like that the person you're talking to is the most important person at the time right you know there you're not uh, you're not spending time with them waiting for the uh waiting for the general manager to get free you're uh you're not uh chit-chatting with them just to just to pass the time you're engaging with these people um because they're important because they are people yep and you know i don't care who you are unless you are a totally automated company you are having to work with people and yep. people are a commodity that uh, cannot be necessarily bought or sold. It, it depends upon human um, emotions and mm -hmm. how they feel about uh, the work and, and the, the, the company and all of that. I've, every time I've been, I'm sure you've been employed by many people over the, your lifetime. <laughs> And, and every time I and my sons, uh, they show me theirs, when you have a company that uh, you go to work for, and they have this cute little pamphlet, virtually everybody does, that, that says, this is why this is a great company to work for. This is what we do. This is our mission. This is da 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 And then you get in and work with them, and you find out that they everything that's in that pamphlet, they don't necessarily bring to reality on the work floor basis. Right, because uh, you've got, also got supervisors that are involved that don't necessarily buy into what that mission statement might be. Yeah, yeah, um, you have to uh, you have to get uh, buy-in from the top down on the uh, on the mission statement, on the uh, um, on the vision, and the uh, um, and the uh, the value statement um, in particular. Um, you know, and uh, um, you need to get, and one of the best ways of doing that is to get everybody involved in creating them. Um, the more, uh, the more say so somebody has, or at least believes they have, 
in uh, creating the uh, the mission, vision, and, and value statements of a company, then the more likely they are to stick to those statements and uh, um, and help the company grow that way. It can be. It, it, it really is a challenge uh, to get, especially if you are a large company and mm-hmm. and you're even the top down, you, you have a philosophy that you have out there, but how do you how do you teach executives at a high level the ceo level the cfo or whatever it is uh how do you get them to filter it down through the ranks and then hold everybody accountable to that standard that you've set leadership by example ah that would Um, be new yeah that would be uh don't uh don't try the do as i say do as you know don't try do as i say not as I do, but uh, rather do what I do and, uh, um, you know, make sure that uh, um, that the right behaviors are incentivized and uh, um, so that uh, so that people can see that doing things the right way is the profitable way. And that in and of itself, if you can sell that, you can sell anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That is the uh, that is the difficult part with it. How, um, how do in in your work when you are coaching executives and you're working with these folks, how do you present that in a positive way and get their buy-in and get them on board? Basically, it's it's about asking questions, um, the right questions, certainly. Um, and those are different for, uh, for everybody pretty much. Um, you know, if I can ask you the right question so that you give me the answer I want, as opposed to the answer that you might have thought of before on your own, then all of a sudden it's your idea. Um, so in a way it's, in a way it's inception, uh, <laughs> Make them think it's their idea. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the, the movie Inception. Um, because if, it's, if what I'm teaching them is their idea, then, of course, they've bought into it because it was their idea. And right. so um, if you work it carefully enough with the, with the right psychology and, and, uh, um, and all the good... Uh, you know, using your your powers for good, not evil, kind of stuff. Then, um, then yeah, you can totally get a buy-in from uh, from anybody. You know, it's interesting when when. Uh, by the way, we we're talking with Bill Hatch. He is an executive coach, and he works with coaches or with leaders to be more ethical in what they're doing. Bill, if somebody wants to look at your website and look at all your work. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, well, um, right now, all my stuff is on Facebook um, and LinkedIn. You can find me as TBW Business. On and both TBW stands for? Triple Braided World. It comes from the idea that things working together um, can uh, be a lot better than things working separately. I wholeheartedly concur, sir. That's in order for us to achieve what we'd like to in this world, and at this at this point, survival would be good. 
Um, if, really we, if we are going to succeed, we're going to have to work together and we're going to have to learn to communicate with each other and, uh, and really uh, become um, leaders in our, in our own right. And regardless of the level that you are working to become a lead, an ethical leader in your life. And uh, sometimes those things don't seem to work together, like business and social and social justice. Those would seem to be enemies, but they're not. If you uh, if you work it right, you can get them to work together, and have both of these concerns grow um, in positive ways. Yep. Um, and go ahead. You know, one uh, one thing to do would be uh, say you're opening a new business. Well, open that business in an economically depressed area. Give the people their jobs, and uh, those people will probably work pretty hard for you, and uh, um, and that will improve the uh, the the environment, the uh, the neighborhoods that uh, that were otherwise depressed. More businesses will come into the area, and. Uh, um, and you'll uh, you'll have uh, you'll have a positive effect that comes from just opening one business and paying people a, a good wage. Exactly, exactly. And I just want to implore everybody: if you have the opportunity, as an example, if you if you uh, want to go buy a book, rather than going online necessarily, if there's a local bookseller in your area mm-hmm. that you can support by buying the book through them. Please do that to keep local businesses thriving and alive so that because when the local businesses go away, then all you've got are the big stores and and then you have to go to work there. And um, the uh, the Walmart uh, uh, thing comes to mind where, you know, it, because they can drive out all the small businesses, then they're in control of. The, the, the wage scale and what they and what they pay the benefits that they offer and sometimes they're not as good right now there are uh, there are ways to uh, to fight uh, the big box stores um, through uh, through what we would call differentiation um, the mom and pop store might not be able to uh, to compete with Walmart's pricing but they can compete in other ways um, they can be more knowledgeable. Um, you know, the, the kid making, uh, making 15 bucks an hour or whatever happens to be your minimum wage um, isn't going to know much about uh, the products that he's selling or she is selling. Um, but uh, you go to uh, the mom and pop store where that's all they do. Of course, they're going to know that. Um you know, the, the, the employees at Ace Hardwares tend to know more about hardware than uh, the employees at a store like Home Depot does. Not to, uh, not to bash any particular uh, business, um, but uh, I shopped at both. But, uh, um, but yeah, you get, uh, you get local, uh, local businesses, um, even, if they're, uh, even if they're franchise businesses, knowing a little bit more about what it is they do because they're specialists. Um, Customer service is a great way to uh, to make yourself stand out. Um, you know, handholding uh, the customer through uh, through the buying process and afterwards. Um, there's a there's a saying in business: uh, the fortunes in the follow up. And yep. uh, even uh, even if uh, even if your customer's already bought something from you, 
Well, you want to still follow up with that person because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Perhaps uh, that customer of yours is going to refer their friends to you. Perhaps, uh, perhaps they're going to come back and buy another uh, item from you. Um, actually, funniest, uh, funniest referral story I've got. Um, I was selling cars. I was an internet and fleet manager. And uh, one of my jobs was to take care of people that had the employee, uh, uh, employee discounts, um, employee pricing for the cars. And uh, had a, a lady called in and told me what she was looking for, what company she worked for. And, and, uh, and I said, okay, that's great. We happen to have the, a couple of models that, uh, that fit what you're talking about. And, you know, I'm talking with her and, and, uh, and helping her out and telling her, yeah, you know, let's set an appointment. You can come over at your leisure and get everything figured out and, uh, and just treating her as well as I possibly can. And she was very appreciative because, uh, you know, how most people feel about buying cars. And, uh, um, and then uh, about an hour later, her friend called and said, yes, we'll call her Lauren. Lauren said you treated her really well in her, in her car buying process and that uh, she's going to be coming in later today. Um, I was wondering if you could help me too. And uh, so we spoke shortly and briefly and, uh, and found out what she was looking for. And, and uh, we happened to have that too and got her pricing all set up and everything was good to go. She came in and bought before the lady who referred her. <laughs> that's a, that's a great story right there and uh yeah. you know at the, at the end of the day regardless of what the business you're in it is still a relationship business yes you develop it, a and, it's, and it's a sales business everything yeah. that you do is sales in the end you're uh you know you're selling uh you're selling something no matter what it is you're doing um, I have a lot of musician friends, and they uh, they kind of balk at that statement, but uh, but in the end, they can't argue against it because they're trying to sell their music to someone, and uh, trying to get fans and get those fans to buy their music, and and they have to learn that there is a process, a sales process that works, and uh, um, and that it's not taking advantage of people if you treat them right and get them what they actually want. I mean, if in the end they don't like punk rock music, then you're not going to sell them your punk rock music. You'll, uh, you'll sell them on something, uh, on something else. But, yep. um, but yeah, you, you treat everybody right. And, uh, and in the end they'll, uh, they'll do right by you. Yeah. Generally speaking, that can work, but there are some business models in sales specifically <laughs> that set it up yes. so that it, that the opposite is true. Right. Um, let me give you an example. I, uh, was in the, in the food sales business for a long time. Okay. And in the end, I was a district sales manager, had 11 reports and that sort of thing. But the way it works in that business, and I'll just share with everybody just real quick. The way it works is that you essentially you're buying the products from the company. So they've got a, they've got a, uh, list price. Say it's a, uh, um, it's a, it's a 30 pound bag of French fries. Um, okay. So they've got a list price of like 12 bucks. That's how much they, that's the minimum you can go. Now, when you charge 15 bucks for that or 
eighteen bucks for that, you get twenty five percent of the the overage of that. So like to make mm -hmm. it easier. If if you sold it for okay, so if you sold it for thirteen dollars and it was twelve dollars, you get a quarter for every bag of French fries that you sell. And um, so what ends up happening is, um, because you've got large restaurant customers that you've got three or four food companies that are in there, and then you've got your mom and pop. And your mom and pop may think, by the way, Bill, you are the coolest dude. I've ever met. I love you. I love the, the, the talent that you bring to it. And, uh, and so, and come in and we'll do the order and we'll, and we'll buy you lunch and we'll kind of make it a weekly event to go do that because I think you're the coolest guy, but a large restaurant who's got an executive chef and, uh, and ownership, they have three food companies in there and, and they line them up and they say, what's your price? What's your price? What's your price? Low price wins. Right. And uh, and so the three food companies are battling with themselves to get the lower price for that guy. And so those are not where you get your margins from. Where you get your margins from is the is the mom and pop who think the world of you. They would not they would not hear of having another food company in there. You're providing them with everything. And then you have to raise your margins on them in order to make a living. It's so it's kind of a screwed up system that way. Yeah. Yeah, there there is uh, there is some uh, there is some stuff out there that's uh, that's kind of screwed up, um, but yeah, again, we're back to uh, we're we're back to making yourself stand out in some uh, in some other way. Um, you know, I'm yep. sure uh, I'm sure it's not 100 percent uh, true in the in the food business because I've been to some fancy restaurants that were terrible and some uh, and some holes in the wall that were awesome. Um, you know, but, uh, but quality also sells. Yes, it does. You know, if, uh, you... if your French fries happen to be better, that much better than everybody else's, you can command a premium from restaurants to whom it makes a difference. Um, correct. You know, and, uh, and, and that's true. Uh, that's true of, uh, that's true of most businesses and, and most, uh, most people, they want, uh, they want some form of quality. Actually, uh, one uh, one industry where the lowest price never wins is aerospace. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. Did you ever see uh, the movie uh, um, Bruce Willis was in it? Um, um, that's helpful. It, huh? <laughs> that's I know helpful. that's 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 really. Helpful. But anyway, they were they were going in a rocket ship, and they, as they were being. Um, Put in the rocket ship. Oh. He said, "Do you remember Armageddon?" Yes, Armageddon. Armageddon. He, he says, the, "We're we are going to be we're on top of a of a mountain of explosives that are going to go off in a minute, and it's built by the lowest uh, bidder, and the, yeah. the, that has to make you feel good." <laughs> you know, so it's you know, but but I I would like to believe that even even in the food business, it can be operated ethically. And it can be operated well yeah. if if you've got you know people who are 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 interested in doing the best for everybody that they can. In the end, it's it's all about thinking about others. Um, you know, thinking outside of oneself, and uh, um, which is a great way to get over a lot of life's problems. By the way, is to think outside of yourself. Yes. Um, and uh, and 
you know, put others first, let them, uh, um, you know, treat them the way you'd like to be treated or treat them the way they'd like to be treated, I guess, uh, is the, is the new golden rule. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, do things, uh, you know, do things in a, in a way that, uh, that people will be proud to have, uh, proud to have known you. And, uh, whether you follow my eight pillars or not, um, you know, that's, the the, that's just the way of getting you to think about others first. Okay. So we, we've talked about humility. What's the second yes. one? Second one is sacrifice. And go ahead and get people, people, <laughs> CEOs to go ahead and sacrifice. Well, you know they don't need to make all that much money. No, no, they they don't need to uh, to do uh, that much, really. Um, you know, it's really about. Oh, this is always a tough one to describe. Um, <laughs> it's a well. It's again. It's about putting others first. And even if it means you have to go the extra mile um, in the uh, in the process to uh, to do so, um, you know, if you have to spend an extra hour at work to uh, to make sure that uh, that somebody else gets to go home to their kids on time, then that's what it means. If uh, if it means uh, if it means tightening up those margins to be able to pay somebody a living wage then that's what that means, mm -hmm. you know. There's a there's a uh, company in Seattle. It's called uh, Dick's Drive-In. Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. They have uh, seven locations. They've been in, okay. they've been in the burger business. And, and they, they've been in it so long that at one time they had a sign that said 19 cent burgers, uh, which is <laughs> so they've been around forever. And they are known because they pay the highest wages in that segment of the industry. And they also offer college education credits for time that you're in the company and stuff. So, and they offer health benefits. And so not only, and see, they, they're not stupid people. They do this for a reason. <laughs> they get right. the fact that people find out who is a good employer and who's not a good employer. And then they right. seek to go to the better employer that has got benefits and has got some stuff. And then they become very loyal to you. It's, yeah. it, I, I see in my world, it's not rocket scientists, but this is rocket science. But in it's, other. It's a similar model to uh, there's a chain down here. I don't know if it goes all the way up to Washington called In-N-Out Burgers. I'm very familiar with it. I used to sell chicken yes. to them. They uh, um, they pay uh, they pay well above the average uh, fast food wage. They uh, um, they rearrange ske work schedules so that their uh, employees can go to college and help pay for it. Um, they promote almost exclusively from within. Um, you can make you can reasonably make six figures working for this uh, for in and out. Um, they don't sell franchises. They, uh, they keep their uh, quality control in-house. Um, they control everything from uh, basically once it leaves the farm, they, they control from the farm because, uh, um, you know, they, they tell the farmers, this is good quality, this is bad quality <laughs> because they control it. And I pass two of them on my way home from work 
and both of them are always the lines are so long they come out into the street <laughs> all the time and and, uh, and they're just, and, yeah the the employees are fiercely loyal um and uh, um and the uh the quality uh, the quality shows they make uh, they make everything fresh they don't freeze anything um and uh they've got somebody there with a with a manual french fry maker and potato and actual potatoes uh, <laughs> and uh all of that kind of stuff it's uh it's just ridiculous would and, you explain uh, bill yeah. by the way we're talking with uh bill hatch he is a um ethical um leadership coach and talks to ceos and people about uh, really better ways to be a leader uh of their of their program and uh, and so bill we've got these these um practical examples of people that have done that are really working hard to create a different style and they're successful um, in and out Burger would not be around if they were doing this and 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 nobody bought into it. Um, neither would Dick's up right. here, Dick's restaurant chain. So why isn't it that more companies take that approach? Well, they kind of do. They just take different approaches at it. Oh. They they look at a, a different thing. Something else is their important focus. Um, we've talked about Walmart. Their important focus is being the low price leader. They want to they want to knock everybody out of business. Uh, Amazon uh, Amazon is similar um, in uh, in that way. Um, they, uh, they Amazon will actually sell things at zero profit in order to uh, knock competitors out of the uh, out of the industry, um, which isn't exactly ethical but works, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, and, uh, and some go completely the other, uh, the other end, they want to be the luxury leader and, uh, you know, in a sense, be the high price leader, um, you know, be exclusive and, uh, and not be something that everybody can afford. Um, what's a good example of, uh, of that? Um, you know, like uh, brands like Gucci and uh, um, Dolce Gabbana and, and those kinds of, you know, fashion industries are, are a lot of those are that way. Um, you know, they want to be very exclusive. And so they, they mark their prices up just as high as high can be. <laughs> well, and there's another company that does that. And I'm eminently familiar with them because my dad uh, worked for them as an executive for all the way when they were in just a local shoe store in Seattle. They just had a couple, three locations, and they were called Nordstrom's. And uh, wow. they, they, hadn't, they hadn't got into the, food, into the clothing business yet or the food business or any of the big box stuff. They were just, but you could go into a Nordstrom and you mm -hmm. could buy a pair of shoes. And if you, for whatever reason, decided a week later, two weeks later, a month later, that, that you didn't like the shoes, you could bring them back. And they right. would and they'd take them back and give you a free refund. Mm -hmm. They have done that. That has been their their thing forever. And uh, yeah. my family used to work for them, and they used to say, this guy came in and he had a pair of slacks that were worn through on the thigh. 
on the top of the thigh, and and we took him back. He had to have those for three nope. years. But that was their that was their marketing, that was their style of of doing business because then they could legitimately say to anybody, "We'll take care of you, and we back our products one hundred percent." Well, we get a lot of our our customer our best customer service practices from Nordstrom's. Uh, like uh, one great example is the ten foot rule. Um, you get within ten feet of a customer, and you say hello, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, hello, hi. So then that means that our mission as a consumer is to stay away, 10 feet away from them. And so yes. we, we have to, we have to mark 10 our feet, territory. one inch. Yes. That's right. 10 feet, one inch. You're outside of the 10 foot rule. You can't talk to me. Wait till I, then I'm going to run the other way. Um, That's right. That's right. Um, you know, but no, uh, you think three years is uh, three years is something. A um, friend of mine was working for uh, Costco. And uh, um, gentleman walked in with this huge box. It was a fax machine from like 1980. <laughs> the guy had his original receipt. It said cost plus on it or not cost plus. Um, oh, what was the old name of Costco? Uh, uh, now I can't remember, but it had the old uh, it had the old name of Costco on it. And uh, um, and they took it back. He yeah. had had the thing for like 20 some odd years and they took it back. That was why they uh, had to change the return policy for electronics because people kept, uh, kept doing that to them. And so they're like, okay, you, we'll take anything else back whenever, but electronics, you got 90 days. <laughs> yeah. Well, electronics, I can understand. I, and I wonder how much a 20 year old fax machine would have cost. Oh, Back in the day, that's probably multi-thousands. Yeah, because yeah, that was new technology back then. So it's like the yep. computer I bought, the, the computer I have now, I paid like 600 bucks for, and it's at top of the line, and, and it it does everything I needed to do. The first computer I bought was $3,500, and it had nothing and, uh, and yeah. stuff. So And things in that world yep. have changed so much. So. I can understand the electronics because you could get hosed if you bought a fax oh, machine yeah. in 1980 and it was five hundred dollars. You could buy the same <laughs> fax machine now for eighty nine cents. Yeah. So you can't buy it anymore because they don't make them. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's that's right. I defy you to go find a um, cassette uh, um, player. A, a cassette, a cassette tape player. player. Yeah. Or, or even now, the, even a VHS uh, uh, videotape machine. Mm -hmm. You can't. All well, I don't now have a CD player in my car. You don't? The CD player is going that way now, too. My, my laptop that I'm on right now does not have a CD, does not have a DVD drive. Because it's all, it's all uh, uh, downloadable stuff. It's all digital. Yeah. yeah. I had to go and buy, uh, I had to go and buy an external uh, player. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. By the way, so what's what's number three on the list? Of the number pillar? three is on the list is a good one. <clears throat> Controlled discipline. Ah, that'll be the um, day. Yeah, that one a lot of people have trouble with, but don't realize it. Um, because you can get so mad. Somebody can make a mistake and it can make you so mad. 
that you just lose all control and discipline becomes punishment. And that's just not productive. That's not a very grown up kind of thing to do. I mean, uh, you know, your, your boss isn't your daddy. <laughs> and and in fact, if uh, if he tries to be that, then uh, HR is probably going to step in. But uh, um, but control discipline can include things like retraining. Um, you know, yep. uh, sometimes a mistake's not made because uh, because somebody wants to make the mistake. It's just that they don't know any better. They their training was incomplete or uh, or incompetent even and so uh, um so sometimes the discipline that has to happen i mean it's it's discipline it's a discipline you know that uh, whatever it is you have to do and uh um and so uh so sometimes you need to just take a deep breath and figure out why the mistake happened and how it can be fixed and how you can keep it from happening again that's exactly right. But there's one more component I want to add to that, if I can. Uh -oh. and, that, okay. and, that, and that is this. Let me tell you a story. I was uh, a general manager of a, um, I, I know I look like a white guy, but I was a general manager of a Mexican restaurant, of all things. Ah. And, and, um, um, and most, of, most of the kids were, it was in, it was in a, a white, relatively affluent area. So we, most of the servers and stuff were, were white kids and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, they had something that, because it was a corporation, they had something that called uh, quality, cleanliness, and service. It was a, and they had secret shoppers come in. Okay. And a secret shopper came in and raided one of our younger people that hadn't been doing it very long. And uh, so they, those things, they go up to corporate, then they go to the district manager, and the district manager then sends them to you, and then you get to have a con. They have a contact with or a, a conversation with the district manager, who then turns around and has it with you, and and it's not very good because we all get judged, and our bonuses are based upon our right. uh, those those scores, and so um, a lot of the guys would get very angry with the staff member that that uh did that and i took the opposite approach and i asked her how i could help her become the best that she could be and uh that w were there any issues that we could address and uh was there retraining issues in her in her case it turned out to be more attitudinal and uh, i'm i'm not sure i don't really care who you are if you can't if you can't come to work with a good attitude we have to figure out why or mm -hmm. you or you you need a different occupation and so, right. and so, you know, a month and a half goes by and things seem to be going well. And then I get this letter, this three-page letter written on both sides. Um, and it's from a customer who, who had this particular waitress and uh, wrote a searing complaint that was like three pages long. And uh, so I brought her in and had her read the letter. And, uh, and because of the fact that I'd been clear that uh, we need you to be on to have a good attitude every, every time you come to work. And because mm -hmm. of that, that was clear. She read the letter and she put the letter down and said, what, am I fired? And uh, I just said, sorry. And she walked out the door uh, because that was, you know, that's the one thing you can't fix in my in my world. Do you have a pillar for that? Yeah. How, to find, how do you fix an attitude? <laughs> wow. Um... 
that's just one you have to, uh, you know, it's like you have to just keep working with or let go. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, uh, you can't fix everything. Well, you know, it's funny. I, uh, Bill, I've been, I was in charge of people and I fired people and mm -hmm. uh, that, that it was not the right fit for them. And that's when I said it wasn't a matter of, of, of hatred or dislike. It was a matter of this job ain't right for you. And I right. want you to go out and find something that is. I've had several people that I've seen after that event. They went and found another job and stuff. And they would come back to me. And they, some of them actually even shook. There weren't many. Uh, but a couple of them actually shook my hand and said, thank you. I fucking hated that job. And, but I did it because I needed the job. And so you forced me to go. And now the job I have, I love. So it yeah. worked out for everybody. So... Yeah, and sometimes you have to uh, get people, you know, you have to push people off the ledge um, to do it because, uh, you know, the, the baby bird's not going to leave the nest if, uh, if they're comfortable and you, uh, and you leave them alone. Um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you just have to give them a push to, uh, to get them started, and sometimes firing them is that push. Um, you know, there's, uh, there are a bunch of things that can happen that uh, – um, you know, people uh, people take jobs they don't like for a variety of reasons, and they will keep them for a variety of reasons. But uh, um, but yeah, and they uh, um, you know sometimes you got to do something. Um, you know, uh, today one of the things uh, that's uh, going on um, that's uh, getting people out of their comfort zones. And uh, and kicking them out of uh, out of low paying uh, miserable jobs is self service checkout. Um, I had one friend who refused to use it because she didn't like the idea that people would get fired because of uh, of a machine. But it turns out that the people who are getting fired aren't really happy with that job in that job anyway. Of they're course. not doing. They're not reaching their maximum potential. And uh, um, they could be doing so much more in this world, and uh, but they have a job and they're comfortable, and uh, um, so uh, so new technology comes along and gets them fired. So they have to go back to school. They have to go out and find that better job, and uh, and it makes their lives better for it. Yep, yep. And it's just a <laughs> you're right. Just a matter of pushing somebody off the ledge. Um, yep. and, and getting getting them moving and getting them motivated. Um, so it, it, it is great fun talking to you, Bill, and we'll have to have you on to, to, to talk about more employee and employer relation stuff. And but sure. now when you're when you're working with the with executives and, and leadership and ethical leadership, how do you approach them? Do you do you, um, are you able to to make contact with some of these guys? Well, a lot of the times um, they're referred to me by uh, by people who know them because there are I send out feelers um, to people and tell them the watchwords to look out for. You know, um, I don't go out and say, "Hey, you need to be an ethical leader." I go out looking for people who are having high turnover problems gotcha. or um, or low productivity problems. Um, you know, uh, job satisfaction issues, uh, workplace stress, 
is, uh, is another good one. Um, and uh, basically, uh, I look at the problems that need to be solved as opposed to the, uh, as opposed to the solution I have. And, uh, and people tend to relate pretty well to that. I'll bet you that there's, you know, because a lot of companies these days are doing annual surveys of mm -hmm. employees and they're, they're supposed to be anonymous. And then you're supposed to give a actual depiction of what the companies actually like to work with. I would be a bit surprised if right after the they assemble those results, you get a call. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> because because those are the guys that are the oh I didn't even realize we had a problem. Maybe we should go get some help in this in this area. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hoping to uh, to get some of that uh, this next month. Um, I have a series of uh, introductory workshops coming up at the end of the month uh, up in uh, about halfway between the two of us up in uh, Grass Valley, just outside of Sacramento, and uh, going to be doing uh, uh, leadership uh, seminars uh, for groups and uh, team building exercises in glasswork. Oh, cool. So how does somebody get in touch with you about that? Uh, well, they can uh, contact me um, either on LinkedIn as Bill Hatch, um, or uh, um, or uh, or on Facebook. Um, you can find me over there. TBW Business is, uh, like I said, is a good one. Um, and uh, I will send you the link to the Eventbrite, and we can have a chat about it and and uh, see if it's a good fit for your team. That that's that's really good. I be firmly believe that everybody needs a coach. And even if you are mm -hmm. a high powered executive or CEO, um, if you have, if you're a CEO and you're listening to this and you can't find the lunchroom to where you work, um, the employee lunchroom, <laughs> uh, you're going to need some help. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I have a, I have a saying I use in networking groups. Kobe had a coach. MJ had a coach. LeBron has a coach. Are you any different from these superstars? Nope. And the nope. answer is no. Yep. I, I'm a good friend of mine is, and I've said this before on the show, he's a financial planner and he only takes customers that have a million dollars or more to invest. He makes mm -hmm. high five or six figures and he has a financial coach. Yeah. And said, I asked him, why do you have a, I mean, you're wildly successful. And he said, because I can't see outside myself and I don't know everything. Yeah. So your your point is very well taken. So, uh, Bill, we'll take a couple of moments here for you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know, uh, the folks that are listening to this now and in the future. Well, people of the future. Uh <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Uh, well, uh you know, in addition uh, to doing the coaching, I also have my own podcast called Not Quite After Midnight. I do a mini roundtable on Thursday nights, and uh, I'm starting to do a one-to-one -one interview show uh, uh, during the day, and uh, just get just barely getting that launched. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, I interview everybody from uh, from business uh, experts to survivors to authors, to uh, musicians, and uh, everywhere in between. And uh, just uh, just have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, you can hear more about uh, um, 
about what I do uh, on there. And that's definitely easy to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. The name, of the, the name of the podcast again is? Not Quite After Midnight. Not Quite After Midnight, which would make it 11.59. Right. I don't, don't, don't know. I just, <laughs> just kind of made that up. Actually, so, technically speaking, midnight is not quite after midnight. That's true. Uh, so 11, so it could be midnight, but it can't be uh, uh, 1201. Can't be 1201, right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Bill, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I wish Pleasure's you, been all mine. I wish you loads of success on the podcast and, and the, the coaching business and everything that you're doing because it is so needed. It really is. There's a lot of guys that have reached a place in power that that they don't feel like they've got to change. Well, the great resignation that we had recently showed us yep. that if you are a crappy place to work, you're going to get you know you're going to get people leaving and turnovers you're very become expensive. a ghost town. Yeah. Yep. Turnovers the most expensive thing in a business in, in my opinion. Oh yeah. For sure. I used to tell uh, folks that worked with me, I said, you know, we need to take care of our key employees because if we have a key employee leave, somebody that we value tremendously, it's going to mm -hmm. take us five hires, five hires to replace that individual. Yep. And, and I, I don't know if that number is in my world. That number was actually kind of low because sometimes you'll never replace them. But um, right, right. But in any event, Bill Hatch has been our guest and I want to thank him for being here. And uh, again, go on Facebook and go to T B W. And what's the business. last word? Business. That's that makes sense. Since business. you're a business coach. Yeah. TDW business on Facebook <laughs> and, and, and find him there. So Bill, thank you so much for being here. And if you wait thank right you, there, Kevin. thank you. I'll, if you wait right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because 